0: Then he goeth to the sleeping place, and chanteth a sorrow song, the one for the other. And all too spacious seemed to him the fields and the dwelling house. So the prince of the Geats bore welling heart sorrow after Heribald's death. Nor a wick could he requite the feud on the murderer, nor visit his hate on that warrior with loathly deeds, though by no means was he dear to him. He then forsook the joys of life because of that sorrow wound which befell him and chose the light of God and left to his sons land and towns when he departed this life as a rich man doth. Then was there strife and struggle between the Swedes and the Gaets, and over the wide seas was there warfare between them, a hardy battle striving when Rethel met with his death and the children of Angentheo were brave and battle-fierce, and would not keep the peace on the high seas, but round about Raos Neberch they often worked terrible and dire distress, and my kinsmen wrought vengeance for that feud and crime as all men know, though the other bought his life with a hard bargain, and war was threatening Hathkin, the lord of the Gayets. Then I heard tell on the morrow that one brother, avenged on the slayer with the edge of the sword. The war helmet was shattered, and the ancient of the Swedes fell prone, all sword pale. And well enough the hand kept in mind the feud, and withheld not the deadly blow. And I yielded him back in the warfare the treasures he gave me with the flashing sword, as was granted to me. And he gave me land, and a dwelling, and a pleasant country, and he had no need to seek among the Gifthas, or the Spear Danes, or in Sweden a worse werewolf, or to buy one that was worthy. And I would always be before him in the troop, alone in the front of the battle. And so forever will I be striving, whilst this sword endureth, that earlier and later has often stood me in good stead, since the days when for dowdiness I was a handslayer to Dayraven, the champion of the hugs. Nor was he fated to bring ornaments or breast-trappings to the Frisian king, but he, the guardian of the standard, he, the athling, fell on the battlefield all too quickly. Nor was the sword edge his bane. It was the battle grip that broke the whelmings of his heart and the bones of his body. Now shall my sword edge, my hand and hard weapon, be fighting for the horde. Beowulf, moreover, now for the last time, spake these boastful words in many a war i risked my life in the days of my youth yet still will i seek a feud i the old guardian of the people will work a glorious deed if the wicked scather cometh out from his earth palace to seek me then he saluted for the first time each of the warriors the brave wearers of helmets the dear companions I would not carry a sword or weapon against the dragon if I knew how else I might maintain my boast against the monster, as I formerly did against Grendel. But in this conflict I expect the hot battle-fire, both breath and poison. Therefore I have both shield and birnie. I shall not flee from the warder of the barrow a foot's pace, but it shall be with me at the wall of the barrow, as weird shall direct, who created all men. I am strong in soul, so I will refrain from boasting against the war-flyer. Await ye on the barrow guarded by Byrnes, O ye warriors in armor, and see which of us two will better survive his wounds after the battle rush. This is no journey for you, nor fitting for any man save only me, that he should share a conflict with the monster, and do deeds worthy of an earl. I will gain possession of the gold by my courage, or battle and deadly evil shall take away your lord. Then the strong warrior, hard under helm, rose beside his shield and carried his shirt of mail under the rocky cliffs and trusted in the strength of himself alone. And that was no coward's journey. Then Beowulf, possessed of manly virtues, who had escaped in many a conflict and crashing of battle when men encountered on foot, saw standing by the wall of the barrow an arch of rock, and a stream broke out thence from the barrow, and the whelming of the river was hot with battle fires. Nor could he survive any while near the Horde unburnt because of the flame of the dragon. Then in a fury, the prince of the Wedergeots let a torrent of words escape from his breast, and the stout-hearted one stormed, and his war-clear voice resounded under the hoar cliffs, and hatred was stirred, for the guardian of the Horde recognized well the voice of Beowulf, and that was no time to be seeking friendship. And the breath of the monster, the hot battle sweat, came forth from the rock at the first, and the earth resounded. The warrior, the lord of the geats, raised his shield under the barrow against the terrible sprite. Now the heart of the dragon was stirred up to seek the conflict. For the good war king had drawn his sword, that ancient heirloom, not slow of edge. And each of them who intended evil was a terror to the other. And the stern-minded one, he, the prince of friendly rulers, stood by his steep shield. And he and the dragon fell quickly together. Beowulf waited warily all in his war gear. Then the flaming monster bent as he charged, hastening his doom. The shield well protected the life and body of the famous warrior for lesser a while than he had willed it if he was to be wielding victory in that contest on the first day, but Weird had not fated it so, and the Lord of the Gaetz uplifted his hand and struck at the horribly bright one heavy with heirlooms, so that the edge stained with blood gave way on the bone a bit less strongly than its master had need of when pressed by the business. Then, after the battle swing, the guardian of the barrow was rough-minded and cast forth slaughter-fire. Battle flames flashed far and wide, and the son of the Gaeots could not boast of victory in this conflict. The sword had failed him, naked in the battle, as was unfitting for so well-tempered a steel. And it was not easy for the famous son of Ejtheo to give up possession of the bottom of the sea. And that he should against his will dwell in some place far otherwhere, as must each man let go these fleeting days sooner or later. And not long after this, Beowulf and the monster met together again. The guardian of the Horde took good heart, and smoke was fuming in his breast, and fierce were his sufferings in the flames that embraced him, he who before had ruled over the folk. Nor at all in a troop did his hand comrades stand round him, that warrior of athlings, showing courage in the battle. But they fled into a wood, their lives to be saving. But the mind of one of them was surging with sorrows. For to him whose thoughts are pure, friendship cannot ever change.